Hello and welcome to our podcast, Dad Educates Daughter on 80s Music. We're still in series one and we're now on episode 11. I'm Russell and this is Rebecca, my daughter. How are you? I'm all right, Dad. How are you? I'm good. So before we get into it, I just want to apologise. I had to get hold of you in a week because I missed out a group. Well, I didn't miss them out. I didn't have them on my list. It's not one that I've really come across because obviously we're still in like 1980, believe it or not, even though we're on episode 11. They were gone. They were done and dusted before I got into music. They're not someone I've come across on any compilations or anything but they fitted in with this. And the reason they fitted in is when I was doing my bit of reading up on the groups or on, on the, the beat, English beat, I came across that there was a Scar EP that was released. So an EP, you, so you had three kinds of vinyl. You had singles, which was just an A and a B. You had an EP, which I think was like, I think it stood for extended play. I ha- I'll be honest, I haven't looked, but it had around four songs so you'd have had two on one and two on the other and then you had LP long play which was your albums which was obviously a much bigger anyway an EP was the same pretty much the same size as a single but you had two songs on on A and two songs on B the reason I'm saying this is there was an EP put out for Scar music and it had on it four four groups the two-tone EP it was called and it was on Scar so you had Special AKA which we, we we've touched on but obviously they become the specials they were on there with Gangsters you had Madness with The Prince you had The Beat with Tears of a Clown and then you had Selector with On My Radio and Selector I hadn't come across so I looked them up they were around in the 80s and they fitted in with the beat. They wouldn't have fitted really in anywhere else other than probably Bad Manners, but Bad Manners was much later. So the only way I could really get you to listen to them was for me to, as, as I did, get hold of you and add on. It was only four songs to listen to this week. So we will review them at the end of this one. But obviously last week when we signed off and you got yours, we didn't mention Selector. The reason being, I hadn't come across until I was reading up on what to for tonight and come across them. So um, that's just uh, a little bit of a fill in uh, the reason we'll be talking about Selector and for you, the reason why you got that message from me to, to listen to those extra songs this week. OK. Yeah. So on that then. So obviously this week you were given UB40. The Beat, also known as the English Beat, also known as the British Beat, I found out, in Australia. So they're known as the Beat in England, or in the UK. They're known as the English Beat in America and Canada. And they were known as the British Beat in Australia. That could get confusing. Yeah, so we'll we'll just stick to the Beat, which is what they were known here. You also got Teardrop Explodes. And then, as I say, we've added on Selector as well. So keeping with the format that we have been then, who yeah. was your favourite, what was your favourite songs of each of those artists? So 
I'm going to say, first off, this week was very hard. And I know I've said that in previous weeks where the week can be hard to pick a song and it's always for various reasons, but this week was very hard. And it's been a bit of a a down week. It's not been my favourite week at all. I mean, I know you don't like Scar or you weren't really fussed on it. Yeah. And obviously, as I've just given away two of them are scar groups in the beat and selector yeah so obviously yeah i wasn't sure on that the teardrop explodes i was doubtful on because you've only got a few songs to them but mm. i'm also thinking the vapors only had a few songs <laughs> so i never know with that so i suppose for me this week i am clinging on for me to not have a blank week, <laughs> I'm clinging on that UB40 will pull it out the back. Okay. So that's what, from my my point of view, I'm, I'm looking. You could completely surprise me and come up with one of the others. As I say, Teardrop Explodes on the fence, because mainly because of Vapors, otherwise I'd probably have put them with the beat <laughs> and obviously Selector on the miss. And UB40 is the one I'm holding out for to be the winners this week. So we will find out at the end. Uh, as you're talking, I might get a, an idea of where your mind is sitting. But Yeah, I'm going to try and talk as if I'm on the fence about all of them to not give it away. Okay. I think even my notes this week, I've been like, usually when I talk about them, you already know whether it's a hit or a miss. So I've tried to make it neutral. But my favourite songs... We've got UB40. I went with Love Is All Is All Right. For the beat, I went for Hands Off, She's Mine. For Teardrop Explodes, I went for Reward. And it's the first week ever. I can't pick a favourite for Selector. Okay. I, I just, I couldn't do it. So I've not got a favourite there. Okay. Like so it would have been a forced to... favourite. Like, so what was it for UB40? Love is all is all right. Oh, right, okay. And the beat? Hands off, she's mine. Okay. And teardrop explodes? Reward. Reward, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I would have probably guessed that. What, okay. with reward? Yeah, I think. Okay. Although, saying that, my, my favourite's treason. That was a close, it was a close. I had to like re-listen to them a couple of times to be like, which one? Uh-huh. Okay, how many number ones? I was thinking none, but I'm thinking, uh, I was like, that like, it can't be a zero number one week. So I wanted to go for four. Four. That's three from UB. Zero. Oh, really? <laughs> no, no, oh. no. So that's three from UB40 and one from Teardrop Explains. Okay. You would have, well, you'd have been halfway between the zero and the four. So two. Two. Yes. Okay. They both from UB40. I'm not, I was about to say, now I've said two, where where are you going for now? Well, because of the vast amount and they're obviously the biggest ones, I want to say UB40. Okay. So if I was put you on the pedestal, so to speak, here then, which two, Venomine, you thought three, which two do you think are the number ones? Red, red wine, and I got you, babe. Okay. Interesting. We shall come to them in a minute. So let's talk some music. 
Yeah. Okay. So we will start off then with UB40. What did you think of them? So first thought is obviously these are reggae. Yes, very much so. Yeah, so they're very chilled out. And I have got a lot of songs from these. So what the only thing I sometimes find hard with a lot of songs is obviously there's more songs on my list from this one artist than you would get in an album. So I'm like listening to like three albums with these and it's like one after another after another because I don't listen to just them on shuffle because I like to get the feel of the group and not be mixing, matching, having to check who I'm listening to when I'm driving to work. I just listen to it in order that you send me them. And obviously, because there's so many, I was like, oh, my God, they're still going. But they are, you know, it is reggae, it is chilled out. It was some something different. So, you know, change that up a bit. So that was quite nice to have that different type of genre come in and I think they're very talented with the instruments that they use and just how they can come together and create that bit of music that makes you feel a certain way that makes you just want to literally chill out and jam to it like there's no wanting to really join in with the singing no oh it's just instrumental although they did have a very long song that was purely instrumental and you know how I feel about those eight minutes long what one was that oh what song was it what if the earth dies no the earth dies screaming that one that's what it's called that is just an instrumental song for eight minutes all right unless a version you listen to of instrumental well, I didn't hear any singing. <laughs> I'm sure. So unless I zoned out while it, they were singing. singing on it. I'm sure of it. Well, I uh, didn't hear that. But either way, Dad, it's eight minutes uh, long. I, th- I think you might have listened to uh, another version or uh, acoustic long. It's on their greatest oh, really? hits oh. that I've listened to. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I don't know then. Because um, funny enough, this week I've done something that I didn't normally do. I... I played their cd in the car because i've got their greatest hits and yeah that is on there so i've their greatest well hits i don't know what spotify is doing to me then just trying to make me cry <laughs> <laughs> I'm, i might be wrong i'll have to go back and check now but, well either no. way the one that i listened I mean, to was eight minutes long so either way it is a song that exists under okay. ub40 which would again say it's because that's that's a long song for it to be yeah on a single because they're normally yeah. kept to a certain amount I think it is for radio play and that so mm. Um, mm. anyway not not yeah, to worry I don't, I don't think it's um a big loss either way because I don't think it would it's not like one of their better ones I mean yeah. there's a vast amount of others yeah there's, there's a lot more that I listen to but they kind of they all sound similar I think because they've got that reggae genre I know reggae and I know that reggae is down that one kind of sounding route it makes you feel that certain way and I think to have a vast amount obviously for me I'm like they all sound the same where am I up to um but they have got a very distinctive sound in not only their music like I say like I'm interested in what instruments are there but also like their voice and I know from watching videos it's not always the same person singing although I think there is like one main singer but I think they've got like a bit of a rapper in there, I feel, when I watched Rat in the Kitchen. That uh-huh. had a bit of, not like the rap that we would know today, sure. but 
a bit of rap in there. And I quite liked that. Um, they're quite a big band, aren't they? They are, yeah. And I'm also intrigued by their backstory because, like I've said before, I can see album art, which is how I know if it's from a greatest hits or from mm-hmm. their album that I've pulled the song from and the first songs that I listened to came from this album and I kid you not their album art is like it's like a form for like benefits like claiming benefits and I'm like okay so and it's like unemployment as well so I'm like okay yes. what's your backstory well done. this well done. something there must be something behind Correct. This, you know, there's going to be a reason as to why you've got this as your album art. There's going to be something that's coming from, I'm guessing, all of your backstories because it can't just be one of you that was unemployed and decided, or whether so they were. Do you you in on that? Yeah, because I am intrigued. Okay, so the group was formed in Birmingham. Okay. In 1978. Okay. And the band members were all unemployed at the time. Right, okay, that makes And sense. they got together and obviously formed formed the band. The name UB40 stands for the form mm-hmm. that you had to fill in to claim your benefit. So UB, unemployed benefit, and the 40 is the form number. So UB40. I'm now looking at the album art, and at the top it says unemployment benefit, and then it says attendance card. But unemployment yeah. benefit you. And then number 40 ah, is the form. That's really number. clever. It was. So that is what their name is from. The fact that they were unemployed and filling in the benefit form every week. So so UB40 were, or yeah, were, because they're not together no more, which I'll come into. So Ali Campbell, he was the vocalist and he also played guitar. Jimmy Brown on drums. Earl Falconer on bass. Yomi Babiemi and Norman Hassan were the percussionists. Jimmy Lynn was on keyboards. And Robin Campbell, so Ali Campbell's brother, he was on guitar. And then you had Brian Travers on saxophone. Babiemi and Lynn both left and they were replaced by Mickey Virtue on keyboard, so a straight replacement for Jimmy Lynn. And then Terence Wilson, otherwise known as Astro, that's what he mainly went with. He was the other percussionist, but also a vocalist, like the second uh, vocalist. So he must be the one that I've seen. Yeah, yeah. So they played in local pubs. Uh, their first show was in the Hare and Hounds pub in Kings Heath, which is a part of Birmingham. And their big break actually came when Chrissy Hines saw them playing. I was going to mention her because she sings on I Got You, Babe, doesn't she? Yes. So she was obviously... And I was like, I've heard her before. We've had her with the Pretenders. That's it. I couldn't put my finger on where I'd heard her. So the big break came when Chrissy Hines saw them playing in a pub and gave them the opportunity as the Pretenders support band. Okay. So they were the support band for the Pretenders. And as you rightly say, Chrissy Hines has also been on the song I Got You, Babe. Which, when I first saw it, I got it modelled up with Sonny and Cher. I was like, oh, I know this song, and started singing it in my head, and then it played, and I was like, this isn't, this isn't who I meant. So without taking away whatever you're thinking, for me, I mean, I like UB40. However, they do a lot of covers. Oh, okay. 
and their, their album Labour of Love was an album of covers, pretty much, I think. I've, I've right. pretty much it, if, if not the majority of it. And that's what puts me off them somewhat. I mean, obviously, the way they're, they're bringing the music through is, in a, in, I mean, they probably changed the songs from the, the form they were in into a more reggae sounding, if they weren't yeah. the reggae. But it's the fact that, I mean, there is some of their own songs, which are good. I mean, Sing Your Own, Sing Our Own Song, which is my favourite of theirs. That was their own. And Don't Break My Heart, that was their own. So they, they did have some really good songs of, of their own. But the likes of Red Red Wine, that not Tell theirs. Baby, I got you, babe. Are not theirs. Now, as I say, I don't want that to change your mind from where you are because you didn't obviously know that. And mm. at the time, I didn't really know how many covers they had. It's only when I was reviewing it that I found out that Labour of Love, which is a well-known album from the eighties, was actually the majority of it was was covers. Ah, oh, interesting. So yeah. Um, so they were signed up to an independent label called by Graduate Records. And their first album was called Signing Off, which so was, signing again, off the unemployment benefits. a nod to them ending their claim to unemployment benefits. Ooh, I like, OK, now I see where it's set like, because then in the because it's a bright yellow cover. Right. And it says signing off in the bottom. I'm with you. Ah, there you go. That's the album that name. And that's the reason yeah. they've done it. It's a nod. They've now got jobs. They're musicians and they're not going to be claiming anymore. I like that. I think it's really clever that they've played on their unemployment and not made it like a taboo subject. They've been like, yeah, and what? And now we're doing what we love. And yeah. this is where we, like, I quite like that. Although they've not done any songs about it. But then now you said that they're mostly covers. They're not going to have... I mean, I, I, I suppose I'm giving them a disservice. I suppose they're big hits that I know of are covers. Right. But there's plenty... Well, I mean, one in ten isn't a cover. The one that you said, Love Is All Is All Right, that isn't a cover. And as I say, the two that I like, Sing Our Own Song and Don't Break My Heart, they're not covers. Rat in, Rat in My Kitchen's not a cover. It's just the ones that were their better-known ones were, were covers. And as I say, um, Labour and Love was, was, I mean, which was successful in America, reaching number eight. It got to number one in the UK, as I said, it's a, a well-known album. You've just dropped to number one. The album. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, however, they had nine albums in the 80s. Well, you can tell. But the amount, so, yeah. like, I don't even want to count how many singles I've like they've released and I've listened to but they must have with nine albums they must have released quite a few of each yeah and they had 12 top tens of which they had two number ones okay so yeah they are so the two. they had the two number ones okay as I said in our very first episode when we was explaining this um how this podcast is going to work now, that's what I call music when that was launched in 1983. Mm. UB40, along with Catch a Goo Goo, have two songs on that album, ah, which well, is very unusual. Normally, it's one. Yeah. Um, so the fact that they had two showed how popular they were as a band in 1983. And... They were Red Red Wine and Please Don't Make Me Cry. Okay, yeah, I can understand why it was them too. 
Yeah, which were both covers. Which is, yeah, it is a bit, I guess it is a bit sad. Which sort of, for me, for me, takes a gloss of it and makes Kachagugu the more worthy. Of having the two. With their yeah. two songs, unless when we do them, I, I, I then mm. find out that theirs are covers, but um, as far as I know, they're not, you know, because until when I've looked at it, I didn't realise how that UB40 were a, not a cover band, as I say, they got enough music of their own, but they had an album of covers in a sense. So yeah, Earl Falconer, who was their bass or is the bass guitarist, he was sentenced to prison for six months following a fatal car crash which killed his brother. Oh my goodness. And his brother was actually UB40's producer, Ray Falconer. So what did they do? So he was twice over the legal limit of alcohol. What did they do without the producer? Well, I, I, I guess they got another producer. I don't know. Um, I don't know. What, I didn't write down when it was. So it might have been after they, obviously, a bit later on. But um, yeah, he was. So L Falconer was the bass guitarist, and Ray, his brother, was their producer. And unfortunately, he died in a crash, where his brother was driving the car and was twice over the legal limit of of so drink driving. Wow. Okay. So yeah. Also, five members of UB40 in 2011 were declared bankrupt. No. Yeah. So you had Ali Campbell, so the singer. You had Brian Travers, the saxophonist. You had Norman Hassan, the percussionist. You had Jimmy Brown, the drummer. And you had Terence Wilson, otherwise known as Astro, the vocalist stroke percussionist. So they were all declared bankrupt. What on earth did they do with their money? They had, from what I can work out, they had a, like a their own company or record label or producing or whatever, and it went under and obviously they lost money for it. Okay. Because um, before that, so that was 2011, because in 2008, the band split literally in two. Oh. And it was over, I think the two brothers fell out. So Ali Campbell and Robin Campbell and Ali Campbell and Mickey Virtue went off. Astro eventually joined them as well. And they became known as originally it was UB40 with Astro and Mickey, but then they changed it to UB40 Reunited. Oh, okay. Whereas the others continued as UB40. So you had two UB40s. You had the UB40 and you had UB40 reunited. Right, okay, because that's not confusing. But that was in 2008. Yeah, and the original UB40 replaced, because obviously, in a sense, they'd lost the two the vocalists, two, yeah. in Ali Campbell and Astro, and they replaced Ali Campbell with the other brother, Duncan. Oh, right. So there was a lot of rivalry between siblings. For tours, they brought in a reggae singer known as Maxi Priest, who was a singer in his own right. Right. Um, he didn't actually join it. It was just for tours, obviously. So it'd for, be like UB40 with a bit him. More, yeah. Yeah. So, yes. Big big upheaval and a big change. And still, even now, they've never, as far as I can work out. And I've certainly seen, I think, the original UB40, so with Duncan singing, at Rewind. I don't think we've seen... The others, but we've seen UB40. You see a lot of people at Rewind. Yeah. Now I'm doing this with you. I'm like, I might go to Rewind one year. <laughs> I, like, I know you. Spoke about you. 
so anything you want to add on UB40 before I go through their... Um... No, only when I was watching their videos, I got the feeling that as much as I've said like their covers and they didn't really sing about their employment or anything, I still felt like they were singing for people. So even though, like you say, they've been covers, they must have picked them for the message or whatever. I've got this feeling that they were still trying to get something across. Don't ask me what, but just watching the videos, they like had that bit of passion in there. They're all jamming together. And when they, like, I think I watched them Top of the Pops one. And like, they just felt like they were really connected with their audience. So I quite like that about them, how they... As much as their well, I suppose because they been... were the working class. I mean, they mm. sort of stumbled into it. Yeah. And lucky that Chrissy Hind obviously saw them, liked what they were doing. Mm. But up until then, they were working class or struggling to make ends meet. Obviously, on the unemployment benefit, yeah. obviously, has been unemployed. I think I read. I think I saw that Robin and I can't remember who the other one was were both like apprentices. But that would have been next, you know, or YTS as it was back then, youth training scheme. But again, that would have probably not, that not been, paid that much. Well, so, yeah, apprenticeships um, don't so, pay yeah, much so now. They were they were probably um, grateful for where they were and what they were doing, yeah. and probably you know sort of understood that there was people that were in their um, audience that had probably scrimped and saved to get to see them. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so um, so yeah, that you, you could be right. But, mm. um, they did just come across as like genuine and like like to be in yeah. there and have that good connection with their audience. I quite like that. Yeah, I mean, in a way, they're a bit. They are a bit like when you think of madness. You know, it's a big group and yeah, a lot of songs, yeah. but they are completely different. You know, so, but obviously, yeah, different as in the style the sound. and obviously the, these yeah, reggae and madness was scar, but. Yeah, similar in that's in the sense of two big groups, a lot of members in it, and do, do you know doing quite well? As we've just said, they had two number ones. So, um, are you ready to find out what the two number ones were? Yeah. Okay. So they started off in 1980 with their first. So although they formed, as I said, in 1978, they had their big. Obviously, they were just doing pubs and clubs and what have you, and then they got record deal and their first single out was actually a double a side king and food for thought which got to number four ah that makes sense you know connor connor turned around to me and said food for thought was their like debut single and i was like well it can't be because dad sent me king before that i don't know how we knew this whether he'd looked something up i don't know but we were listening for food for thought and he said that this is their debut single. And I went, nah, it can't be because there's King in my list before that. Now it makes sense. It was so they were with A King. Yeah. yeah. And then also in 1980, another double A side was My Way of Thinking. And I think it's going to rain, which was a cover. <laughs> and that got to number six. Then in 1980, The Earth Dies Screaming and Dream a Lie. So another double A side. Jeez. Got to number 10. Then we're going to 1981 and Don't Let It Pass You By with Don't Slow Down. That got to number 16. I've got to ask, how did it work back then? If they were released as a 
double A side together? Aren't they technically classed as two separate? Like, how did that go in the chart? No, it just went both. They, it, they either had a, a main one. I, can't, I mean, it seems like it's the early ones. I think we've had this before with some other groups where they've had two. And mm. I can only guess that the one I'm ringing out, reading out first is the main exactly. song from it. Right. Or they were both listed because they were double A, but it doesn't it doesn't mean they had two number ones. It was still classed as obviously just one. Yeah, but I'm just like, how was that played? Well, like in the charts, was it just played one? I guess it, that, that's what I'm saying. The rate that no, that's what I'm saying. I'm guessing that one would be would be the main one. I know when Erasure, so Erasure done an Abbaesque EP where they had four Abba songs and they played a different one each week on top of the pops. Right. Okay. Okay, so just like alternate it, give people a bit of everything. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. More variety to yes. get it bumped up higher, maybe. Okay. Yeah. So 1981, one in 10, got to number seven. Uh, 1982, I Won't Close My Eyes, got to number 32. 1982, Love Is All Is All Right, number 29. Okay. Uh, 1982, So Here I Am, number 25. 1983, their cover of Neil Diamond's Red Red Wine got to number one. Right, first number one. 1983, Please Don't Make Me Cry, which was the other another cover, which was the other song that was on the Now Volume One, that got to number ten. Yeah. 1983, Many Rivers to Cross, another cover, that got to number sixteen. 1984, Cherry Old Baby, another cover, that got to number 12. 1984, If It Happens Again, that got to number 9. 1985, I Got You Babe, featuring Chrissy Hind from The Pretenders, which was a cover, that got to number 1. Hey, look at me! <laughs> well done. 11 weeks in, and you've at last guessed number <laughs> once. <laughs> feel like which, get which was the other one that you thought could have been a number one? Um, Rat in the Kitchen, I thought. Oh, okay. Oh. I thought that one, but I, that might have been the one that I saw on top of the pops, and I think I got good vibes from it. That might be one. Uh -huh. Also 1985, Don't Break My Heart, number three, which is probably the best of their own material. Okay, but it's not your favourite. No, it's one of mine, but I prefer the 1986 Sing Our Own Song. That got to number five. Okay. 1987, Rat in the Kitchen, number 12. Not too bad. 1987, Watchdogs. That got to number 39. 1987, Maybe Tomorrow, a cover. That got to number 14. So they're still doing covers, you know, you can see they've had a cover in 1983, they've had 1985, we're now in 1987, they've had a cover. The next one, which is Breakfast in Bed, that's 1988, that was a cover, that got to number six. 1989, Honey Girl, a cover, that got to number six. Ho sorry, Homely Girl, not Honey Girl, Homely Girl, <laughs> yeah, that I did got think to number that. six. Yeah. 1990 we're into now, Kingston Town which I've always liked. Don't tell me that was a cover. And I didn't know this. I really, like, out, when you said that they did covers. And that got to number four. When you said that they did covers, in my head, that was the one that I was like, that's going to be their own. 
So I'm quite shocked about yeah, that. Yeah, no, that's a cover. And then 1990, I'll Be Your Baby Tonight with Robert Palmer. That got to number six. They did have another number one in, 1990, in the 1990s. They had I Can't Help Falling in Love with You in 1993, which was a cover. So they've had three number ones and they were all covers. And that's what I'm saying. As much as I like them, it, it sort of softens it a bit. You know, as I say, I, I, you know, they have got some good songs there. Um, Don't Break My Heart, Sing Our Own Song. Uh, what was the other one that I looked at? One in 10. So they have had, you know, as you say, Rat in My Kitchen. And they have done okay with them. But mm. the fact that they've got two songs on that first Now album, not their own, their covers. Two number ones, not their own, their cover, or three number ones even, not their own, their covers. And then Swing Low, Swing Chat, Sweet Chariot, which was um, used by the England rugby team. That's not by them, is it? They did it. It got to, in 2003, it got to number 15. Is that a cover? But it's a cover. Is that really by them? Would I have heard them well, them? you would have heard, yeah, you've heard it, but not them, because I think it was, oh, it might be, yeah, I, th I think it's their version. I don't know when the, when it was. This is 2003. So I don't know when the um, rugby, I guess it was brought out for Rugby World Cup, um, but I don't know what year that was and whether it was them. Okay. Um, but yeah, but it's a cover, it's a cover anyway. Um, but it got to number 15. But do you know what's weird? All the ones that are like a cover seem to have done better. Their yeah, that, ones didn't do as well. So it's like, well, no, they... no, 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 because Don't Break My Heart got to number three. Okay. Sing Our Own Song got to number five. All right. One in ten got to number seven. So they, they have, that's what I'm saying. They, the, the annoying, the, not annoying, the, the thing is that the King got to number four. They did have it there, but. So, it's like, they can do it, and just kind of lazy. Covered songs. I mean, fair play. They've covered the right songs because they've obviously gone and done well. And I don't know, without listening to the original, whether they were reggae songs anyway or whether they've made it better by metal, you know, adapted them to be to be a reggae song, and mm. they've obviously picked the right ones. So, so no, you can't knock them. They've still got to number one. It's still them, but they didn't write the song. But then... That happens a lot in in the music industry you know i'm sure if you look at group or not not so you know or soloists they don't necessarily always um write their own songs no that is true so okay we'll move on then to the beat yeah what did you think of the beat so were these also reggae scar oh yeah you said that i still felt like these had a hint of reggae in them <laughs> Well, that's why I put them with UB40. Now, if I'd known about the selector, I'd have put them with Madness and the specials. But the reason I put the beat with UB40 originally is they do sound sort of, they're not they're not as Madness. I would say they're more UB40 than they are yeah. the specials and, and Madness, but they are classed as Scar. And one of the things that um, I did find out about them, and it sort of links them all together. So the beat were Dave Wakeling, on vocals and guitar, Ran King Roger, whether that's his real name, I really don't know. <laughs> he was on vocals, and you have to be careful how you say that one. <laughs> Andy Cox was guitar. David Steele was bass. Everett Morton drums, and Lionel Martin, Ever 
otherwise known as Saxa, was the saxophonist. Now, Saxa, he played saxophone with Prince Buster. So we come across Prince Buster yeah. as the, he was the inspiration behind both Madness and the specials. Yeah. And both Madness's first song was called The Prince, as in Prince Buster, which was it, number six in 1979. Yeah. And the specials was Gangster or Gangsters, which was a rework of Prince Buster's Al Capone. So again, that was their uh, take on Prince Buster. So in effect, the English beat are also now linked with mm-hmm. with Prince Buster because the saxophonist also played saxophone with Prince Buster himself. Interesting. So yeah, Prince Buster is obviously the inspiration for Scar music. Yeah, but I still wouldn't put the beat as Scar. Yeah, I put them as reggae. Yeah, well, they're Scar. And funny enough, were also formed in 1978. And they were also formed in Birmingham. Oh, okay. Exactly the same as UB40. However, by 1983, they'd broken up. (laughs) So they didn't last long. A bit like Selector, to be honest. So Dave Wakeling and Ranking Roger, (laughs) uh, they formed a a group called General Public, um, which also had members of Dex's Midnight Runners, the specials and the clash. However, oh my goodness, these they people had allowed no, to move about. Yeah, they hadn't. They weren't successful. No top forty singles. So I had to look just to make sure. Uh, oh, there's another another one enough. I haven't heard of. You know, but they they haven't really done anything. I mean, whether their albums were better because sometimes you know mm. your albums can too. But no, they didn't. Whereas, and I didn't know this. Andy Cox and David Steele. They formed Fine Young Cannibals, and that group were successful, and we will be talking about them in a much future episode. Okay. I just think these people really like to be like, I am not giving up hope. (sighs) Didn't make it with this group. I'm going to form another one, and I'll get all the people that also failed in their groups. Come on. And I'm like, why? Why? Like, But isn't that in a sense what... Hasn't Simon Cowell done that a few times with X Factor or whatever other ones are? What, when they know, were nobodies in the first place? Well, I suppose it's different, but he's liked them, but for I'll put them in a group. Yeah, and they all auditioned, one and, like One know, Direction and, and, yeah. and Little Mix, for yeah, example, yeah. the biggest ones. It They all auditioned as soloists. And, right. and the then he judges decided, and... let's put Foreman as a group that probably do better. And obviously it's done amazingly well, but it's not, oh, we're Foreman group. And then they break up and they just jump to another group. Well, what else are they going to do? No one does that now. Um, I think the music industry is much different now, though. Yeah, because in the 80s, everyone was just jumping on the music wagon. Well, I suppose it was, I wouldn't say easy, but. Obviously, with synthesizers, obviously on that side of it, anyone could be a musician, really. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you still had to come up with the lyrics, but as far as getting a beat or whatever, you, I suppose it was. You didn't have to then was, have all the talent. You know, I mean, certainly interviews I've since heard of, you know, the amount of them that aren't trained magi- musicians, it's the saxophone that's, that's, you know, they didn't go to music school or anything like that. You mean a synthesizer? Synthesizer, sorry, yeah, synthesizer. Because I'm talking about saxophone. <laughs> Saxer yeah. on your face. Yeah, um, <laughs> no, uh, with synthesizers. So then they're not 
necessarily trained musicians or can read music. Mm. So in a, in a sense, the, some That's of the true. 80s, from that respect, even though I like it, is lazy music. Yeah. But anyway, sticking with English beat or the beat, sorry, going, so we've already had two of the group make up or four members making up two different, so you've got general public, not that that really, even though it had people from Dixie's Midnight Runners as specials, The Clash, um, it didn't actually take off. You had the other, another two that formed Finding on Cannibals that did, and then Everett Morton and Saxa, or Lionel Martin, not to be outdone, they also formed another group called International Beat, but again, they had no luck, or, no, or definitely no top 40 singles. Wow. And then Morton and so Everett Morton, who was the drummer, and Roger, who was the vocalist, they then performed as the new English beat up until Roger's death in 2019 at the age of 56 from lung cancer. So they kept wanting to go on then. But yeah. They they were not giving up. No. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, these songs, if we go back to the beat in the 80s before they broke up, they, you know, they're, I found these songs catchy and Uh funnily enough, they had a good beat. I was like, okay, I get your name. You've got a nice beat going on. Although their songs are very random, like Mirror in the Bathroom. Well, Tears of a Clown, which was their first I gave you, that was a cover. Okay. And that got to number six. Okay. That the rest, the rest aren't the rest, the rest of their own. But that was just. They still talk about very random things, like as much as I think it is still down the whole route of you know, songs and a lot about relationships and stuff. I'm like mirror in the bathroom. What on earth is this about? And their videos can be very literal, like they film it like this is the chorus this is what it's about and this is what we will be so it's like mirror in a bathroom now literally standing in the bathroom looking in the mirror you had hands off she's mine that showed a lot of i don't know if it, that one would say it like they were running through like streets and stuff and i was like what okay but yeah very literal i was like all right you're really playing around with the videos good on you they've got a nice balance i found with these of vocals and the music so it weren't heavily instrumental it weren't lyric 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 it was a nice balance and I think that's what made it that catchy good beat I think that's what got me drawn to them and I thought with these maybe these ones considering they've got less hits compared to UB40 I found these maybe a bit more mainstream but that might be hitting on the fact that they were scar so I mean like Maybe underlying, I did hear a difference, even though I thought these were up more like up the reggae street as well. Um, but I just found these a bit more mainstream than UB40. I thought these hit a wider audience, but then yeah. that might be because they were scarce and they're hitting a whole different audience anyway. I'd, I'd have probably said personally, UB40 were more mainstream, but that could be because UB40 lasted much longer. And obviously, yeah. I was still going, you know. They were still around in the 90s and they're still obviously mm. part of them, although they're, they're obviously both groups are still going, but obviously the UB40s as, as themselves are. And I guess are UB40 are a lot more of a household name, aren't they? Yeah. People know UB40. Yeah, but 
No, I like, I like the, I'm shocked that they're not reggae or oh. come up as a reggae group because I found that they were reggae. And again, I thought these were having fun. I thought they were passionate, like in their videos, you know, it looks like. Again, I watched another Top of the Pops one, which I think I quite like to do each week because that's a thing that you grew up with. It's nice to see what Top of the Pops was about because I never really had that. I never watched it when I was younger, even though it was still going on. So like I said, they were having fun. They still had that nice connection with the audience. So yeah, not a bad one to have, to be honest. Okay, so... 1979, Tears of a Clown, got to number six. Mm. 1980, Hands Off, She's Mine, got to number nine. Uh, 1980, Mirror in the Bathroom, that got to number four. Uh, 1980, a double A side, Best Friend and Stand Down Margaret, got to number 22. 1980, still, so they had, what, one, two, three, four, four singles released in 1980. Too Nice to Talk To, got to number seven. 1981, Drowning and All Out to Get You. That got to number 22, so another double A side. Uh, 1981, Doors of Your Heart got to number 33. And then their last single, funny enough, before they split, was Can't Get Used to Losing You, which is actually their biggest hit at number three. Oh, wow. Why did they break up? I don't know. I think they just... just... As I say, they out. just all went off their own way and went their own different directions. And Okay, so there was no fallout. Not that I've read. Interesting. And how many albums did they release in the 80s? I don't know if you said. That's a good question. They released three albums in the 80s. Okay. And they had four top ten singles, obviously, which are just gone through now okay so yeah that's not too bad they like released one a year really didn't they yeah yeah i mean obviously 1980 they um, pushed the boat out with their four singles i suppose 1981 because as i say i mean both the songs released were number 22 and number 33 so they were probably then starting to think you know and then obviously 1983 Mm. obviously yeah they had a number three but that was it or that was it as far as the top 40 went yeah whether they then had any more Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Moving on to Teardrop Explodes. Very few of these. Yes. So, what genre were these? Right. So, these are not the same. But I didn't know where to fit them in at the time because they're totally different. I mean, funny enough, the old It's Electric album, track number 14, Reward, the teardrop explodes. Mm. So they are sort of electronic or synth pop. However, they're actually classed as psychedelic music. What the blooming heck is that one now? I couldn't tell you because I would not have put them down as that, which is why I didn't know where to put them. I put them down <laughs> and as at the time when I'd done it, I didn't have the selector. So it sort of just made this week a bit, bit more to listen to for yourself and for us to discuss. But yeah, they were, they were formed in 1978. So there were enough of ones formed in 1978. They're from Liverpool. They consisted of Julian Cope on vocals and bass, Paul Simpson on organ, uh, Michael Finkler on guitar, Gary Dreyer, the drummer, and David Balfe on keyboards. Okay. 
I put these down as literally I wrote a bit more rock than the others. I thought we, I thought you threw in a bit of a yeah, rock. It did, have, it did have like punk rock as well for them, I think it was, but they're mainly down as psychedelic music. I actually looked up psychedelic music and it didn't have any other groups that come. It didn't give me any groups or anything for me to even cons- look at whatever. So I don't know what, what psychedelic music is. It's obviously a bit different. However, what I can tell you is Julian Cope, who went on to be a soloist, and we will mention him in the series when we come to male soloists, because he did have a big hit as well as a soloist. Mm. However, he was originally in a group called Crucial Three, which I've mentioned before. You have mentioned them before. Yes. I'd have mentioned it when we had Echo and the Bunnyman. Yeah. Ian McCulloch from Echo and the Bunnyman was in it, along with Pete Wiley, who went on to be in War or the Mighty War, which we'll discuss later on in another episode. So he was, so whether Crucial 3 was sort of psychedelic music, and I suppose in a sense, Echo and the Bunnyman, I mean, this could have gone with Echo and the Bunnyman when I when I think about it now, because obviously Echo and the Bunnyman, have, it's, their music was, it, it was hard to place where they belonged, to be honest. But because of the, the the lack of singles from definitely from Teardrop Explodes, it was always going to have to be with a, a week where you had a, a group like UB40 with a lot of songs that only then wanted someone to kind, kind of, of fill it in. Fill it in, yeah. So that that's why I, I put an in here. They probably would have been better off with someone like Echo and the Bunnymen, but they're not. They're, I put them in here just for that reason. Now, David Balf, while I'm on it, he became a record producer. And he actually made his own le- label called Food Records. And on that, re- on that record label, he had Blur and Jesus Jones, who were two big... You say Jesus Jones, like I know noise. them, but Blur I've heard of. Yeah, I mean, Jesus Jones, I, I know from the 90s. And um, obviously, yeah, Blur. So he had those on his record label. Okay, so he did well in that sense. Yeah, I don't know if, how whether Blur was still with him when they obviously Got made big. it big with like mm. country house and what have you. But um, they definitely, I guess, started off with him and then they might've been signed up by a, by a bigger label. I, I don't know, but they were definitely on his, which would have told me they were on there. Probably had a bit, he obviously discovered them or got them to whatever originally, I would say. Okay. Hmm. And as I say, Julian Cope was a soloist and he was still having top 40 hits in 1996 as a soloist. Okay, so he did so, well. So they, even the though Teardrop Explodes didn't last. Yeah, I was going to say, long, which surprised me. The people me. from it still made a big influence or big impact in the, in the music business. Yeah. I guess they just weren't people that were meant to be in a band. They were people that were meant to go on to other things. Yeah. But I mean, the fact that We Ward and Treason were, you know, they were good songs, to be honest. Yeah. They wouldn't, they wouldn't look out of place on... On many 80s, as I say, Reward is is on the Electric album. And I'm mm. pretty sure Treason's probably going to turn up on, on other 80s compilations. Because mm. they were both good songs to you know come out of the 80s. And hence, we, we, I put them in the list for you to, us to speak about anyway. Yeah. Mm. It was a shame there weren't more. Yeah. But then Vapors didn't have a lot. And, you know. Yeah. Like, the only sad thing is when they've got a couple of good songs, but there's only a few of them, it's like, they were great, you know, they had some good songs, but there's not much content to 
go about them it's like you know like when we had Martha and the Muffins of Echo Beach and it's like well you've given me one song there's not much else I can say about them I think like even the Vapors I couldn't say much because there was only two songs but these guys they were catchy and upbeat which you know my favorite things I thought they were a bit more rock but then you come out on this whole different thing the thing is this week the people when I've looked at their styling and stuff they're all very different like they don't really they don't shout oh this is what people look like in the 80s to me they're just a person like even like the other two groups that we've already discussed today they're just people making music you've got to still think that this would still different from what had been in the 60s yeah yeah 70s. so it was although you're saying that they, they, they look back in the 80s they were still a different image yeah and different I sort mean, of music mm, i mean these guys they just had dark clothing shaggy hair and wore long coats a lot so like that must have been their look but it just weren't it weren't something that we'd come across i guess that, you I, know, suppose, I suppose the thing with, but... well, i suppose the thing with scar and the, the two-tone is you've got to remember this is in the 80s where we just come out of like punk and and all skinheads and all that and if you remember madness they become a following for punks and what have you i think it was madness that we spoke about even though they were the opposite to to what punks represented because mm. you got to remember the these groups the beat um the specials they had blacks and whites together which was something you know and when you think of ub40 they're singing reggae which is from jamaica which is associated with the blacks and yeah. you've got ali campbell who's who was obviously white mm. singing a reggae song so they you know they were they, they were groundbreaking at the time yeah because of the way they were coming across and getting an image across that people not necessarily didn't agree with yeah or, it was breaking was bit, boundaries you know. and so yeah exactly that's what and that's what i'm trying to say is although you're saying you know they didn't at the time and you've got to remember you, you we're talking about something that's happening in the 80s yeah so it's um, very taboo these were yeah they they were on the things that were happening especially around the scar with with as i say you know black singers and white music you know or black and white musicians together and as i say even ali campbell of ub40 singing reggae which was associated with, mm. with jamaica they were you know things that people hadn't seen before or heard of and i'm sure there would have been some dislike to you know no that that's not right you know yeah you get your racist standing up yeah no it did bring, it did bring something different but I guess I'm just used to, because we haven't hit this genre before either, I'm used to no, seeing no. a certain type of genre and what they look and like. And there isn't many, as I said, probably Bad Manners is the only one left that's a bit later on that's probably in a similar gen, similar sort of style music. I don't okay. think there's any others that were mm. like these. As I say, even you before, I can't think of anyone else that went the reggae route. UB40 were reggae as far yeah. as the British music in the 80s was concerned. There was just really UB40. So, yeah. So going back to Teardrop Explosion, so they only had three songs, although they did have two albums in the 80s. And from those, they had one top 10. 
Okay. Which was reward. 1981, number six. So you, you went with the white one because treason, which was also from 1981, got to number 18. And then passionate friend, also 1981, got to number 25. And Not then bad obviously going. they split up. And as I say, Julian Cope, the singer, he went soloist. What happened with the other members, I don't, I'm not sure, but David Balf, he went and become a record producer. Okay. So, yes. They still didn't do too bad, but no. then I guess they had two albums. You don't know how many singles they actually released as to whether that others were complete flops. Well, the songs that hit in the charts were bad. And like I say, it is a shame when this happens and there's not more songs. Yeah. Can't change history. Nope. Okay, so moving on to the, the band that I hadn't even heard of or come across, to be honest. They weren't around for long. They formed in 1977 had their biggest hit in 1979 and dissolved in 1982, broke up, split up, whatever you want to say. So very short, even though they're 80s, they're very early 80s and certainly before my time and they, I hadn't heard. It was only when I was looking up the beat and in their discography for them was the two-tone EP, which was in 1993. Um, it got to number 30. And oh. as I say, it had the special AKA, Madness, the beat, and Selector, which made me look into Selector, and hence we're now discussing them. So Selector were Pauline Black on vocals, Neil Davis on guitar, Compton Amanor on guitar, Desmond Brown organ, Cherry Bembridge drums, and Charlie Anderson bass. Um, they were formed in 1977 by Neil Davis and John Bradbury. John Bradbury who later became a member of the Specials. He was their drummer. I thought I'd heard that. So, yes. And Neil Davis was the main man behind them. He was the songwriter. Um, The reason they're called Selector is Selector is Jamaican term for disc jockey. Do you know I was going to ask? Because they spell it wrong as well. Because it has an E, not an O. It's really annoying. Yes, they don't spell it with an O-R. They spell it with an E-R, yeah. And their debut single, which was funny enough, The Selector was the B-side of a specials, a.k.a. hit single, Gangsters, which, as we know, was based on Prince Buster. Buster. So, in a sense, that links them in with Prince Buster, which was the first Two-Tone Records single. So we've already said that Two-Tone was a record label which was um, founded by Damners from the specials, and they obviously had a close link with Selector because... They had their single as their B-side. As I say, all inter- interlinked, really. Um, the, the Scar, as I say, there was only really four of them. They were all on this two-tone EP from 1993. So they were all seen as, you know, this breaking the mould of black and white being separated and the music being different. They brought them together through the two-tone label, hence two-tone. And, yeah, so the, the selector were part of that. Yeah. But as I say, they, they were literally around from 77, they had a hit in 79, and by 1982, they'd, they'd split up. But they're still going because Neil Davis and Pauline Black have got their own two groups going. Of course they have. Of course. So you've got Pauline Black selector group and you've got Neil Davis selector group. Now, the, the weird thing is... Neil Davis, as I said, he was the main songwriter, so he would have pretty much the rights for the songs. 
and mm. he was the guy who formed it with the bloke, as I said, who went on to go into the specials. However, it's Pauline Black that has, she went to court and she actually owns the name, The Selector. How did she get wang so, on that one? Well, it's, you know, whether they, it was before they dissolved and then she got another group together because she actually brought in um, an Arthur Hendrickson as vocals, a guest vocalist. So she reformed it and obviously then she asked for the name and whether that was before Neil Davis then went and done the same. But yes, when I looked them up, there was actually now two selectors going, one under Pauline Black's name, who was the lead, the, the singer, and one under Neil Davis, who was the original person who formed them and was obviously the main songwriter. Interesting. So they're, they're split. But there's, from what I can work out, there's no new music that's come mm. out. They're just obviously singing the, the previous. Okay. So, yeah. Well, but why they don't just join back together, I don't know. Who knows? Why they dissolved or they split up, I, I don't know. But that's the history behind them. Not that there's a big history, because as you found out, there was only four songs in a small time around that made it into the top 40. Yeah, you're lucky there was only four. <laughs> These were the weird group this week. There's just, I don't know. They, their voice sounds like it's programmed. Like, it didn't sound like I was listening to, like, a human. They sing very weirdly. I was like, oh, my God, what has Dad got me listening to? I had an all right week, and now he's got me listening to these. Like, and it was like, this isn't how I want to spend my Saturday, Dad. But okay. But they just, I don't know, there's just, there's just not much going for them. They're just a bit weird. Like I say, they sound like their voice is programmed. They don't have much, as much as like the voice is programmed, like it might not be, but as much as I say it sounded like the voice was programmed, they didn't have much going on for their instrumentals either. So there weren't much pulling in in that sense. Which is probably why I hadn't heard of them, if I'm honest, because mm. I hadn't until I was reading it. And that's why I obviously got older and said, but can you listen to four songs can you fit four songs in so we can discuss them because i hadn't come across them but they were obviously you know still important as far as the 80s went because of their their um association with the star music and the fact that they were formed i guess before the specials the fact that the drummer then joined the specials after yeah so you know they were in a sense pioneers for scar music in that sense I guess, but um, I wouldn't say they were Scar but either. Yeah. So their first hit was their biggest hit, which was actually just outside the 80s in 1979, which was on my radio. That got to number eight. I mean, that's not too bad going, but I just don't get why. Yeah. Like, even in videos, when I say they're weird, even in videos, their movements are very over-exaggerated, where the singer, what's her name, Pauline Black, yeah. she looked a bit psycho like she was coming up to the camera like all like this like wide eyes and moving up to the I was like okay no this is weird but okay okay I mean people liked him I guess in yeah, some way yeah. um so yeah but I'm not not that much so because we then go to 1980 and there are three other songs which were all from 1980 were the three minute hero number 16 mm-hmm. missing words number 23, and The Whisper, number 36. Okay, so they went on as so a So they line. literally, they peaked on their first and just 
went declined. But and yeah, maybe that's were. why they they obviously then went their own way. Maybe they went to try different and things. What have you? Yeah. Um, and um, whether they got back together, or they both formed these different groups mm. because maybe obviously they see now well madness were doing i don't i don't know because obviously madness were the main scar group they're the ones that yeah. definitely stood the, the time, time and been successful. made a name for themselves yeah okay so that that finishes off this week then really i haven't got good vibes for this week i've been very neutral yeah yeah but i'm sensing I don't know. I'm thinking a bit negative this week. That it might be a full week of missing. I did say this was it, my least favourite week. I, yeah. So I suppose starting with UB40 then, which is probably the uh, the one I'm clinging hope to. Now, obviously, before I've told you about the covers, I don't want you to change your mind. No, we didn't if, change if, your you mind. Know, because we're talking about they've still released, as I said, these songs and they've whether they've put their own spin on it, they've you know they've they've achieved two number ones. They are the most successful group that we're discussing tonight. Mm. And even for me, I didn't know the amount of covers they actually had, and I certainly didn't know they'd done an album, which pretty much was based on covers. Um, Purely, and it's an album that was pretty well respected in the eighties. I guess it worked for them. Yeah. So UB forty then hit or miss? Miss. Okay. Why are you clinging on to these? Well, like, I, I, yes, I suppose for me, they're good. They were probably, they got the most songs. They certainly were a big group in the 80s. And I suppose it would depend on whether you're, you're into reggae. But I think everyone, li- I don't think reggae is this kind of music that you dislike. No. And there's enough songs there for, if you didn't like one, they're, they're, they are different in a sense. I mean, Rat in My Kitchen is nothing like, don't Break My Heart, for instance. They're totally different. And then you've obviously got the Red Red Wine or Cherry O Baby. And then you've got the good, you know, the I Got You Babe featuring Chrissy Hines. So they, they are different, mm. although they're in I the same... I just think this is a different type of reggae that I've listened to. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of it. And like I say, like it does all sound similar. Like, yeah, you saying, if you listen to this one, you know, it's not the same as this. But when you listen to it all together, there just isn't much there that wants to keep you there like I've listened to reggae you know and I've listened to different types of reggae I just don't think these are ones that like they're just very chilled out and I would you know pick out a few songs and listen to them but overall I wouldn't go and buy an album or just put them on a playlist like put a whole playlist of these on I feel like I've done that now this week I don't know I just don't think they gave you as much as they could have done in the reggae genre so they were just very very mellow okay i mean obviously they're big influenced by bob marley mm. who was yeah. the main reggae singer i mean i like them and i was shocked at how many covers there were but you know i suppose a bit like adam and the ants and um i can't remember the other group that you shocked me with that you didn't like um obviously it's uh, uh, the cure the cure that was it you before he goes in on that sort of list okay the beat these are on my hit slash miss because there are songs that i like but vast majority i probably don't like as much i'm gonna put them in in hit i'm gonna put them in hit because i really like the songs that i like so i'm gonna go with hit with these Uh uh-huh well that's good 
Yeah. It means we haven't got a, a wipeout week no. of misses. Yeah. Um, the beat have saved us. I feel like these, I did write down, can easily listen on like a road trip. Uh-huh. I feel like these would be like someone that I could just put on and drive to when I'm having to concentrate more yeah. on the road. I, I think it does show, because I mean, I'll be honest, I had to listen to them to remember what their music was. And I, I was actually, actually, yeah, they, they are good. I like yeah. you're in the bathroom, can't get really used to like using you. I was, I was liking the music. Yeah. It's not a, a band that I would really uh, probably really listen to before. They don't really come up on many, um, they certainly don't come up on obviously anything I li- listen to in synth pop and that, but they don't really come think up, they even would on, come up um, on a... 80s compilations mm. that I've, can recall really even though you know they had a number f- two two top five hits that a number six okay that was 1979 it is the clan which was a cover but you know can't get used to losing you and mirror in the bathroom both in the top five so there was some some good songs there yeah no i i did they do have some strong songs i think that's why i mean these might still be ones where like you know because I'm like on the hit slash miss kind of thing and you always make me choose and I've gone for me, uh, gone for hit, but you, you know, they'd be, way. yeah, they'd be ones that I would pick and choose. You, you could, you could, I wouldn't because, buy an album, but I no, wouldn't skip them. Uh, and that's what I was going to say, I suppose, because there's, there's less music to listen to and there's not the variety, like I suppose what you're saying with you before, there's not the variety. You could easily get bored of them. And then once you're bored, that, uh, that can, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Teardrop explodes. I suppose there was only three songs. It is a hit. We've got another vapors on our hands. I mean, I weren't as fond. I weren't as fond of Passionate Friend, but Reward and Treason. If they, oh my god, like if their other songs are like that, yeah, they're right up my street. Yeah, so hit with me. Then, but like I say, catchy and upbeat. They're my favorite things to have. So yeah. And Reward, as I say, is on the Electric album. So yeah. even though they're not classed as a synth pop band, they certainly had that tendency of music there, um, whether they want to call it psychedelic, what, whatever, whatever they mean by that. They want to go, I've, which I've never heard of. For me, definitely Reward and Treason are two very yeah. good songs. And yeah, they they would they fit on, they're not out of place, certainly, or certainly Reward definitely isn't out of place on, mm. on the It's Electric. I mean, I consider when you think about that, you know, we said last week Human League on. on yeah. Here. The fact that Reward is shows you what, what a um, good early electronic song, synth-pop song it was. Yeah. Yeah. No, I really enjoyed them too. Like okay. I say, Passionate Friend weren't. No, and That's I'm the same. I, I preferred the other two. I just mm. went preferred. I just like treason. I did think that it was, was very song, hard to choose. I do like like, reward. It was very hard to choose between yeah. treason and reward. I did have to play them a couple of times and be like, right, which one do I actually like better? Yeah. It got it got to that. Yeah. So yeah. And then um, the one we added on, which you wouldn't have had really much time to listen to, to be honest, but selector miss yeah they were too weird i couldn't even pick a favorite no. it was that bad and i've not even groups that have been a miss with me and have been a really strong miss that i've been like dad i do not like them i've still managed to pick a favorite couldn't even do this this one uh-uh nah and i listened because there was only four like obviously i'd listened to all the others listened to these once through and then i listened to them while making my notes and i did 
kind of skip to parts of songs and kind of replay them but not the whole song after I was done to keep trying and see is there any part of this song that could make me want to like it and make it my favorite and literally it was no I couldn't and I can't lie and I can't be like forced and I'll just pick one but I literally can't they're they're just oh no no and I, I agree with you in from me listening to them the fact that they're their main song as well was outside the 80s, although you could say the same for Tudorway Army and Gary, um, Gary Newman, yeah. They um, would have, I mean, at least they did have other songs, whereas these, yeah, they, they had hits and not, I hadn't heard of them, you know, hence I had to add them on because it was, I mean, it's only right that we, we should bring them in and they obviously were a, a pioneers of ska music in that sense. However, mm. yeah, they're, they're not, I'm not surprised that you're going to miss and I would be exactly the same and they're not yeah. something that I would listen to again no <laughs> you know I've listened to it we've spoke about um we'll move on done so, and dusted there they dusted. can stay there <laughs> moving on then to the reveal next week hit me so obviously give I'm me a good week dad because this well, week was my least favorite week okay. give me a good week well we're getting to the end of the 80s now so, or, sorry, not the 80s. We're getting to the end of the 1980 groups that released us. So they come from this either the 70s into the 80s or they've yeah. they've come onto the scene in the 80s. Yeah. These are I've left it, I could have had them at the beginning, but I wanted to get you into the 80s music feel of it rather than the 70s feel, which these groups of course, this genre has come from. So we're going to disco. <gasps> okay. Okay. Um, You're going to make the mornings good. But it's obviously groups that could have come from the 70s in the or they've carried it through in the, hence obviously the early 80s. Yeah. Now you've got five groups to uh, listen to. Okay, that's the most I've had to listen to. Yeah, because I've split them. So you've got five this week and you've got five next week. Right, okay, so, so we're got, doing you, the disco. You, so you already know now you've got disco again next week. Right, I'm with you. So I've split them, and obviously I've tried to keep the amount of um, songs, songs similar. Similar. Mm-hmm. So this week you have got Cool and the Gang. Why have I heard of them? I don't know. They've done a song with someone, and I really mm-hmm. want to say they did a song with Gareth Gates, but that could be just throwing it right out there. Sure, that wasn't. Was it Doctor and the Medics? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I'll see when anyway, you send songs yeah. whether I recognise um, So Cool and the Gang, Blondie. Okay. Okay. Hang what on, does... hang on. This might be the first time this has ever happened. Blondie, is that girls just want to have fun? No, that's Cindy Lauper. Right. Carry on. <laughs> um, I'll get excited over nothing. Odyssey. Right. Bee Gees. Heard of them because they were big They're in the like, 70s. Are they think uh, they're they're from Greece, that people play Greece, at weddings, staying alive, and all that? Yes, yeah, yeah, okay. And I'm not sure you say this, Ottawan, I think. Okay, so, yeah. so they're the five you've got this week, right? And then you've got another five next week, okay, okay, of this sort of disco uplifting music, so to speak, okay, okay. 
Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, obviously, when you've said like the Bee Gees and you say staying alive, that's obviously not one that I'm going to be listening to because no, they're 70. Because this is just so 80s. it will be a very it, the ones. Well, I, I'll like, let you know, know now. With the Bee Gees, you've only got two songs. Okay. And one of them is actually so obviously the first one was 80s or 1980. The second one was actually from I think 1987. Oh. So it's a big, long time. Even though they're known for their disco, you'll see from the mute that the other one is certainly not a disco song. They've changed their style of music to fit in with the decade or the music of the set of that of the, that time. So even though I'm giving you what are known as uplifting disco-y background groups, the music isn't necessarily going to be disco-y music. Don't be putting a down on my week, Dad. Well, we'll, we'll find out this. next week what you whether it has put a damp on your week or whether um, it can't be worse than this week. No, no, which is probably a good thing that this you've got these now for the next yeah. two weeks. Totally different. Yeah, they're falling in at a nice so, yeah. place. Okay, well, I think even though we're saying that this week's was a bit of a downer, we have got two hits. Yeah, but one of them's on a fence. Yeah, okay, but it's it luckily fell over into the only just the miss. only just <laughs> clung on with their fingernails. Yeah, but you've you you know you've you, I've opened you up on to music you probably hadn't heard before. No, in teardrop explodes. Yeah. Had you heard reward? Had you heard treason? Never heard. But of you them. liked them. Yeah, yeah, and the same with the beat. You obviously hadn't heard of them in whatever form they may well have gone under, as in English beat, the British beat, or the beat. But <laughs> you've now heard of them. Yeah. yeah and and I've got some songs that I do like. And in a sense, even though UB40 were a miss, there is songs on there that you've liked. Yeah. So, you know, it's influenced you still in the music of the 80s. It's just that, I suppose, like me, you're not into that kind of music. No, definitely. I think the most, the, it was more a downer because you added in the selector. And it was last minute and it was like, what on earth are you chucking at me now? Yeah, yeah. I just felt it, we, because they were around in the 80s that, and they obviously fitted in there, They we needed to, to discuss them. And I'd, when, I'll be honest, when I'd sent you the music, I hadn't even listened to it myself. I was just wanting to know if, are you able to listen to these? I found another group. It's only four songs. Are you okay to listen to them? Yeah, sent you them, and then I listened to them. What have I done? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. But, you know, I think we had to discuss them because they were part of the music of the 80s. Yeah. And this was the best group for them to be on. So, And they were, in a sense, pioneers of the ska music. Which yeah. is such a big thing as far as madness go, you know, and the beat which you like liked a few more songs. than not liked. So yeah, yeah. But anyway, that's this episode over. We're moving <laughs> on to the next, and you've got some uplifting songs to listen to next week. Yes, thanks for that, Dad. That's fine. So on that, I will say good night, and yeah. I'll let you enjoy the music next week. And we'll discuss what your um, thoughts are on the five groups that you've got. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Be interesting. It will. Okay. 
Well, thank you. And I'll right, see you um, next week. Take yep. care. Yeah, speak to you next week. Yeah, bye. Bye, Dad. <laughs>